Welcome to Hadar's Parsha Podcast for Children. My name is Rabbi Viva Richmond, and I'm here with my son, Boaz. Hi, I'm Boaz. I'm nine years old. We love learning the Parsha together. We love learning the Parsha together. In this episode, a continuation of Parshat Kitisa, we'll look at the story of the golden calf, the Egel Hazahav, and ask what it means to know you've messed up. Boaz, do you have any questions before we start? No, but what does Egel mean? Egel means calf, like a baby cow. We'll oh. see why that's important in just a minute. Great, let's start. Perek Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yud Chet, Chapter 31, Pasuk 18. Vayitain el Moshe kechaloto lidaber ito behar sinai shenei luchot ha'edut luchot even kituvim be'etzba Elohim. So, I noticed the word etzba. Etzba, yeah, etzba is finger. Let's see if we can figure out the rest of this pasuk. So, Hashem gave Moshe, after Hashem had finished speaking to him on Har Sinai, remember he was there for like 40 days and 40 nights? After that was all over, Hashem gave Moshe two luchot, two tablets. They were made out of stone, and they were written on by Etzba Elohim. The, the finger of God. Yeah. The finger of God. So you notice that word etzba finger. Do you wonder anything about that pasuk? Yeah, why do they have to say the finger of God? What do you even think that means? I don't know. You think God has fingers? No. I don't know. Somehow it means all the words that are on there. We have to treat those words like they're written by God's finger. Do you think that's like a person's finger? Mm-hmm. What do you think that should be much, much, and I mean much handier. Much handier. Hmm. Like it can do more things? Yes, and it also write in like the neatest way. Hmm. Really cool handwriting? Yeah. I wonder if it's fiery. Sounds pretty fancy. Alright, let's go on. Vayar ha'am ki voshesh moshe la radet min ha'har. Vayikahel ha'am al aharon vayomeru elav kum aselanu Elohim asher yalechu lefaninu kizeh Moshe ha'ish asher he'elanu me'aretz mitzoyim lo yadanu mehayalo. So all the people see that Moshe's taken a long time to come down from that mountain. And what did it look like when he was on top of that mountain? Do you remember? No. What did they see when they looked at the top of Harsinai? I don't know. Do you remember? We saw that before in the Parsha. It looked like it was just fiery on top, like he was inside fire. And then he hasn't come down the mountain for a really long time. So how do you think they might feel? Huh. They feel like, what's going on? Yeah. Okay. What's going on? They all gather near Aharon, and they say, Can you make us a god, kind of like a leader? 
that will go in front of us because this guy Moshe, who took us out of Mitzrayim, we don't know what happened to him. He led us out of Egypt, but now we don't know what happened to him. What? Okay, does it seem like a reasonable request? No. Didn't we just do Parshat Mishpatim? And what about it? We told them not to make other gods. True that. Yeah, well, it's kind of confusing here. Remember how we saw even in Mishpatim the word Elohim? Like, we think usually it means God, but there it also sometimes meant judge or leader. So it's a little bit confusing. Do they want a new god, or do they just want a new leader? Either way, though, I think you're right. They were just told they shouldn't make other Elohim, and now that's exactly what they want to do. Okay, if you were Aharon, what would you say? I would say, no, we're not making a new one. Okay. Then they could just make it themselves. They could just make it themselves. Interesting. Let's see what Aharon actually does. You ready? Aaron doesn't exactly say no way. Instead, he says, why don't you take off all of your golden jewelry from your wives, from your children, and bring it to me? Anything you're wondering at this point? Why is Aaron doing that? Yeah, I don't know. Let's see what happens. So they did that. They got all this gold and they brought it to Aharon, like earrings, necklaces, all sorts of jewelry made out of gold. So, he takes all the gold. Vayatzar. He forms it using a special tool and turns it into a sort of golden metal calf. Like a baby calf. And then what he says to them is, This is your God who took you out of Egypt. Yeah. What is he doing? What is he doing? Okay, so what are you noticing and what are you wondering at this point? What are you noticing? Why is everyone telling them to do it? That's definitely something we're wondering. What did you notice about what Aaron did? He's like, he's telling them, this is the God that took you out of Egypt. Yeah. Okay, so you noticed that he said that, which sounded different than what you thought he maybe should have said, which was, no, I'm not making another god for you. Okay, so we have to really wonder about why Aharon is doing this. One thing that Rashi says is maybe Aharon was asking them to get all their jewelry because he thought that would take a long time. Maybe their wives or children wouldn't want give to give them the jewelry. And so maybe they would get delayed. And I don't know. Sometimes if you have a lot of people come to you and say, I really want this now, then just saying no might not work. Because there's many more of them than there were of Aaron. But doesn't Parashat Mishpatim say you're not allowed to kill? Um, and so what? So you think the people wouldn't have killed Aaron? Yeah. 
Well, maybe, but it doesn't seem like they're being the best rule followers here. So he might just be a little bit scared. They're all feeling... Well, how do you think they're feeling? Please stop, Moses! Uh-huh. I think they're pretty nervous and scared, like they want Moshe. They're out in the desert. They don't know where they're going. So they're motivated by fear. So sometimes when you have a lot of people who are really afraid, they can do things that are unpredictable. So maybe he's just trying to calm them down. All right, should we go on? Yeah. Okay. Vayar Aharon vayiven mizbeach lefanav vayikra Aharon vayomar chag ladonai machar. He sees what's happening. He builds a mizbeach, and then he calls out, and he says, there's going to be a Chag for Hashem. When? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. There's going to be some big celebration tomorrow, and it's not for some, like, weird god. It He does say Hashem's name here. So it seems like, I don't know, what do you notice about this? What is he doing still? Like, weird that he's building a mizbeach? Yeah, he's not supposed to be building a mizbeach. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It might be another delay tactic. Like, maybe he's hoping if he can just push them off until tomorrow, maybe Moshe will come down the mountain by tomorrow. But, Let's keep... Yeah, but maybe he could just, like, see the next day. No, it's tomorrow. Yeah, that would be cool if he just kept saying tomorrow. I don't know if that would work. Let's see what happens. Vayashkimu mimachorat vayaalu olod vayagishu shelamim. Well, they wake up early the next morning, and they bring sacrifices, and they sit down, and they eat, and they drink, and they get up to party, to celebrate. So, I don't know, it doesn't sound like he could keep delaying them. Okay, let's hear about Hashem's response next. Oh no! <clears throat> Okay, so Hashem says to Moshe, Go down this mountain, because your people has gotten all messed up. This people that you took out of Mitzrayim. They very quickly turned away from the path that I commanded them to do. Just like you said, they were told not to make other gods. They made themselves a golden calf. They bowed to it, they brought sacrifices to it, and they said, This is your God who took you out of Mitzrayim. You know, if you were Moshe, what would you do? <laughs> Nobody can see your face. You want to explain that? <laughs> My face was that, like, I'm so mad I'm gonna... Okay, so you might think the next pasuk is going to be Moshe saying, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. But let's see what happens next. Vayomer Adonai al Moshe ra'iti et ha'am hazeh v'hine am k'she'oref hu hani chali v'yichar api v'hem v'achalim doesn't look like Moshe responds at all. Hashem says to Moshe, I saw this people. They're very stubborn. And now, just let me be. 
I'm going to be really angry and destroy them. And I'll make you, Moshe, into a great nation. Okay. Anything you noticed about all of Hashem's talking so far? What is it? What did you notice about what God says? I know that Moshe didn't answer. Okay. Moshe's kind of speechless, it sounds like. Um, why do you think that might be? Because he's so mad. Maybe. Some people are speechless when they're going mad. Mm-hmm. So angry he doesn't have any words to say? Okay. Could be. Well, let's see what Moshe does. Do you think he should go along with this idea of destroying them and Hashem making him into a great nation? No. No? Why not? It's simply not fair. They were motivated by fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. They so, don't know that Moshe isn't dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. All they've seen is that he's been in a fire for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, so maybe Moshe should try to say, like, well, I know it looks really bad, but maybe we should try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Okay. Let's I mean, can God understand that already? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, you'd think Hashem would be the one who knows where they're coming from more than Moshe. But still, it makes sense to be angry when they did something that was against one of the Aserah had brought, one of the Ten Commandments. Okay, let's see how Moshe actually responds when Moshe finally speaks up. Vayecha Moshe et pene Adonai Elohab. Vayomer lama Adonai yechere apecha be'amecha asher hotzeita me'aretz mitzrayim bechoach gadol uviyad chazaka lama yomeru mitzrayim lemor bera hotziam laharog otam beharim ulechalotam me'apene ha'adama shuv mecharon apecha vinachem alhara le'amecha Moshe pleads, like he really, really begs before God. And he says, why are you going to be so angry at this people that you took out of Mitzrayim with such great strength and power? Why should the Egyptians say God took them out with a bad intent just in order to kill them on mountains in the desert and destroy them from the earth? And this is the part that stood out to you. Return, come back. He's sort of saying to Hashem, do teshuva. Just come back from this angry place you're in and please change your mind about the bad things you want to do to this people. One more argument. He says, remember the promise you made to Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov telling them that they would have a lot of children, like the stars of the sky. And this land that you said you would give to their children to inherit it. If Hashem just destroys the people, then that won't really be living up to that promise. Okay, anything you notice about everything that Moshe said here? That he's speaking to God? 
He is speaking to God. Indeed. He's not just being like silent and saying like, okay, God, you're the most powerful. Do whatever you want. True that. Anything else stand out to you? Yes. God doesn't want to break the covenant. Okay. Okay. So sort of reminding Hashem of what Hashem really wants in the long term. Even if in the short term, there's a bit of an obstacle here. Yeah, I also noticed that it's interesting. There's kind of two parts of the argument. It's what will the Egyptians think? And then there's, you know, the promise to the Avot, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So there's sort of an external and internal approach. Okay, do you think it's convincing? Do you think it's going to change Hashem's mind? Let's see. Vayinachem Adonai al-ha-ra'a asher diber la'asot le'amo. Vayinachem. Okay, God did change the, the direction God was going to go and decided not to do this bad thing that God had wanted to do. Okay, we're going to pause here. That's Moshe's interaction with Hashem about the Egal. Next, we'll see how Moshe treats the people. Mm.